0: Hi I'm Gretchen and I'm Becca and we're two curious ladies on an adventure to learn more about cooking, cannabis,
1: and the fine art of gluttony. Join us every 10 days or so as we get high and make our way through a recipe.
0: Step inside and let the consumption begin. (laughs)
1: Hello Gretchen.
0: Hello Becca, how are you today?
1: I'm so good. I'm so excited we are back in our France the cookbook groove and mindset I am really looking forward to digging in some more we hinted at it last time that we're getting into a little bit of her sauces section and in particular we're going to make a tomato sauce which we're excited to compare against Marcella in the meantime though what are you smoking over there Gretchen?
0: I am having a Jeter-infused joint, you know, one of my favorites, but a different one this time. This is Tropicana Cookies. So it has a nice continuation of our last podcast because that was a hybrid of this strain, as well as the, I forget what the other thing was, black cherry cookies or something. This is a sativa-leaning hybrid with more caryophylline, lemonine, and what was the last one? Humulene? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it is it's quite earthy though. Kind of grassy, hoppy kind of thing.
1: Fine. Like a beer.
0: Yeah, like a beer. <laughs> what are you enjoying?
1: I am enjoying some of one of our favorite flowers that we both got to experience when Gretchen was here in Las Vegas. Anyway, it's so tasty. It's a terpenaline dominant terpene profile with B. osamine being next and then B. myrcene being the last one. And it is about 24% THC. I'm feeling really mellow. I don't often get terpenaline as the dominant terpene. But I'm feeling like maybe it has the most muscle-relaxing benefits on me. I don't Hmm. know. Or calming. Something. Something. I'm I'm trying to seek out a little more with the terpenaline. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. But it's called Poison Peaches, which is fun against your Tropicana cookies. So we're kind of in line there again with our tropical fruitiness. Last time we had our supers in line, and this time it's (laughs) tropical fruities. So we are clearly in a good space to head into our chats today. Like we said, we're continuing France the Cookbook or Je Suis Cuisine by Jeanette Mathieu or Jenny, as we are fondly calling our good friend, author of the France the Cookbook. But we are going to dig into her tomato sauce. Again, a very simple recipe just kind of straightforward. I'm super excited to compare it to Marcella, which is probably my go-to tomato sauce of all time, especially because people know I don't like tomatoes that, or I mean, I don't like onions that much. So right. I love just plopping those whole onions whole, out of there. Yeah. What's your go-to tomato sauce, Gretchen?
0: Well, I generally make something that's a combination of, you put some onion in there, and garlic, and oregano, something vaguely marcella esque, but not as much of a pureed sauce. It's a more chunky sauce for a tomato, not as much butter. Sure.
1: But now, yeah, that's a, that's a hearty four tablespoons. I remember being surprised. And one person I shared the recipe with, I was like, it's a lot of butter. And they were like, well, you need fat. And I was like, oh, I feel so much better all of a sudden. <laughs> I just justify with everything as you need fat.
0: No, it's very important for your brain to have a good amount of fat. So
1: Yeah, it's true. Good fats, for sure. We are digging into France the cookbook and having a blast for today because our focus is tomato sauce. We're going to jump around a little bit of her sauces section, but just kind of set the stage for what are a few common bases for sauces and maybe some... French words or terminology that you've heard, but maybe don't have a full appreciation of. I'm going to read a little bit and Gretchen's going to help fill in with some context when I have questions or when she has helpful guidance. So we're going to kick it off on page 40 of our France the Cookbook. And this is the sauces section. There are many sauces in French cuisine and they can be categorized according to the preparation method. They can coat or surround the dish they accompany, or can be served separately in a sauce boat. Sauces are usually highly flavored and are often rich in fat. (laughs) However, with careful adjustment, some sauces can be included in a healthy diet to help add variety. There are so many sauces that the flavor and appearance of the dishes they are served with can take on infinite variation. Depending on what is available and the number of guests they are entertaining, French cooks judiciously adapt existing sauce recipes and create new ones when necessary. For roux-based sauces, which we'll go into, homemade beef or veal stock is best. But good quality store-bought liquid stock or stock powder can be substituted. The recipes in this chapter yield around two cups sauce, which is normal enough for six people. So again, she's always back to the six people. Six people all the time. She Always. She's assuming everybody has four kids. Or two kids and entertaining two people every night right. or something. Like... Probably James and I eat about three servings each combined. We probably eat like three servings of the recommended proportion guidance. Mm. So if we were making six, that would be plenty for leftovers. Yeah. Say? In general, it's very interesting that all of her recipes are for six. For six people.
0: Yes. That is kind of key is if you had a four person family and you were cooking for your Evening meal, and then you had leftovers the next day for lunch, then that seems about right.
1: She did say in the beginning that a lot of French cooking is utilizing leftovers too, and maybe even not just utilization in terms of reusing, but just, you know, eating the next day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Probably that has more to do with it is that if you make enough for six, that can feed two people for three days or four people for one day and another two people the next so yeah makes sense
1: she also mentioned that this was a book for an early bride or someone who was kind of starting to entertain we're gonna dig into some common sauces some words you've probably heard and like i said gretchen's gonna add extra context as needed the first one here in her sauces section is zhu and We kick it off with jus from roast meat. During basting, the fat slides over the roast and gradually accumulates the savory matter and proteins adhering to it. This mixture forms the jus or natural juices of the roast. From braised meat, the gravy that forms naturally when meat is braised comes from the juices extracted from the meat by the application of heat. The more flavor there is in the juices, the less the meat will retain its own flavor. However, if the cooking process is long enough, the meat takes on the flavor of the juices in which it is braised, and the flavors mingle. Vegetables can also produce delicious juices. Delicious juices? Delicious juices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, it's like oh, that would have been so good if you just said it. I
1: know. Ooh, that was a that was a produced delicious juices is it's like produ- a real, real... Blah, 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 There. That also <laughs> might be
0: merch. Produced delicious juices.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so from you, we move on to thickened sauces. When a sauce lacks body or smoothness, it can be improved by adding an ingredient to thicken it. Botox. I'm just kidding. <laughs> some, starchy, <laughs> some starchy ingredients, such as flour, potato, or rice flour, or crumbs simply give the sauce body. Others, such as cream, egg yolks, butter, or blood, also improve the flavor. I did not read through that part before I said it out loud. I was not prepared for the blood as a thickener.
0: That is a protein thickener, my friend. That's pretty common. It would have been way common in earlier stages of human evolution.
1: As you're like catching a whole animal and butchering it and eating the blood and stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Yep. we don't all
0: have blood you know like that's just not we're not all running out to get blood from an oh, well, like that
1: hit me in a funny way <laughs> like right Gretchen up. reacted. yeah that's big that was a that's big that Gretchen had a hard time with that I've never seen Gretchen have a hard time with any food I've mentioned except for some seafoods <laughs> well I just sort
0: of pictured a jar of blood yeah Oh warm... like, you'd have to like Go to the store. I, I don't know why. It's just very disturbing to me to be like, I'm going yeah. to go to the store and get some blood. Oh, that is... DRB. That is not a sentence anyone should utter ever, but protein thickening, yes.
1: Okay, surprised us both. Moving on. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breaking it down. Thickening based on starch. Mix the starch, flour, potato, rice flour, or cornstarch in a small quantity of cold liquid and pour into the boiling sauce, stirring constantly. Let boil for a few minutes. And it is a simple se- procedure, but should be done with care, she notes. She does note, yes.
0: <laughs> she does note where your main pitfall is going to be, although this one's pretty general that just says it's a simple procedure, but should be done with care. If, you, if you're not
1: careful, just sieve your sauce. It'll be fine. hmm so we've got thickenings based on starches. We also have thickenings based on protein, which, again, is blood or egg yolks. This is going to be a slow add to a hot sauce. I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to keep moving. We, <laughs> You can thicken sauces in a couple of ways. Based on starch, based on protein, and the last one here is based on fat, which you want to carefully add. And this forms an emulsion, which, as you have listened to our two Episodes, you know, Gretchen has talked about what an emulsion is. But here, fats carefully added to a liquid form an emulsion, which gives the sauce flavor and consistency. So, this can be butter or cream. You don't want to boil because boiling destroys the emulsion and spoils the sauce's delicate flavor. Yes. Moving on to a roux sauce, which is important today. We are going to make something called a blonde roux for our tomato sauce. In general though, a roux is a sauce made with flour cooked in fat, usually butter, then made into a paste by adding a hot liquid. Depending on how long the flour is cooked, the color and flavor of the sauce will be more or less pronounced. Roux can be white, blonde, or brown. They can be mixed with a wide variety of liquids such as water, milk, stock, wine, or the liquid in which the dishes with which they are to be served have been cooked. It's just a really awkward phrasing. It's like add the meat sauce. <laughs> My mom would make biscuits and gravy a lot, so she'd make oh. like sausage or bacon and then yes. use that to make the gravy and so for me that's what a roux is is like Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, but I
0: can't believe I hadn't thought of that as an example of a roux-based sauce where you're where you're making your roux with the animal fat that you're using and it's coating the outside of your because i normally would sprinkle it in over the cooked sausage and then mm-hmm. stir that around and let it brown up just a little bit so i'm kind of going you for mean like a gold. For the
1: flour bowl. you mean pour the flour in when you're still cooking the sausage uh-huh
0: yeah okay. once the sausage has started to cook and slightly brown on the outside Then I'd add my my flour onto the sausage and mix it in really well. There's a coating on the outside of the meat. You get some that's kind of coating the pan a little bit. And then when you add your cream or milk or whatever, or if you're not using either of those things, your stock of some sort to your meat of choice there, you have a sauce. So, yes, Mm -hmm. that is a roux. That
1: is a very good example of a roux. Yeah. So I I do get the fat part. I do get the protein part based on like when we've made things by adding egg yolks or. I mean, the only other example they have is blood. So egg yolks is what I'm going to say. Right. And we've definitely added starch to things to thicken them. So, OK, so moving on with roux here, the principle is the same for all types of roux. Put the butter in a pan and melt it without letting it change color, if making a white roux. Add the flour. Cook, stirring with a wooden spoon, until the mixture becomes frothy. Allow the flour to cook until it turns pale brown for a blonde roux, or brown for a brown roux. Once the flour is cooked to the right stage, gradually pour in the hot liquid, stirring briskly and steadily over fairly high heat. However, do not let a brown roux get too dark because the resulting sauce will be too brown and have a bitter, acrid taste.
0: I'm going to point out there is an exception to this in Creole cooking, I believe. Mm. Like jambalaya. You, this, you, you actually intentionally go for a black or like dark brown roux. And actually, like, a black roux is just a dark, dark roux. Yeah, I'm not sure if the jambalaya is exactly the right dish I'm thinking of. But But
1: I mean there are iterations of this where, like, you want to take it a little too far. Right.
0: I made pork grillades a couple weeks ago.
1: And you make a brown
0: roux for that. Mm. And that's part of your sauce coloring as well as a flavoring agent.
1: Sure. Almost a a nutty smokiness, kind of. Exactly. Sure. So moving on to emulsified sauces here, which we've mentioned in several episodes of the past, but yeah. emulsified sauces are unstable, delicate preparations, maybe not too, but in which <laughs> in which an ingredient is vigorously stirred in contact with a liquid forms fine droplets in suspension and becomes thick and smooth in appearance. The substance to be emulsified is usually a fat, such as a cream, butter, or oil. The liquid may be oil, water, or vinegar. Nowadays, the most familiar of these sauces are vinaigrette and mayonnaise. Bernays sauce and hollandaise sauce are also widely used. To make an emulsified sauce, beat the fat steadily, slowly adding the liquid. It may be either cold or hot, but it must be kept at an even temperature. If the emulsion separates or breaks, as we say now, Mm -hmm. it is often because the heat has not been evenly distributed. Making an emulsified sauce always requires care. Yeah. Oh, shit. For sure. Yeah. Well understood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Coulee, reduction, and stocks. There is a wide range of preparations such as coulis, reduction in stocks, or fumets. Is that the right pronunciation? Fumet, fumet, which form the basis of many sauces and can be added to improve their color and flavor. They generally consist of a concentration of the flavors of ingredients such as mushrooms, shellfish, or herbs. So it's basically so coulis, reduction in stock. It's just putting a bunch of things in a pot and boiling it down.
0: Yeah, for the most part, you can also make uncooked coolie. Really coolie to me is any like puréed sauce based on a fruit or vegetable. Okay.
1: Like but, what what's an example of a coolie then?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm you're going to understand why I'm laughing when I tell you what I'm going to say cuz I can't not say it. a blueberry coolie? <laughs> It's an example of a coolie. In the early 2000s, I feel like coolie was super popular. We had an, a, an assortment of coolie that we did at the restaurant I worked at in culinary school. So we always had strawberry coolie, peach coolie, And I mean, literally, we just warmed the fruit up and pureed it. And then you strain it so that it's saucy even though there's no extra chunks and that's a coulis it's very basic those are always just fruit a little bit of water and some sugar and you puree it together and cook it like
1: put it on a pancake or something right (laughs) okay so it's like a reduced fruit blended and sieved yeah
0: okay it's like well pureed jam thinner but thinner yeah
1: okay so we've got Thickened, emulsified sauces, we have coulis reductions and stalks that are thinner, and we've got roux, which is pretty thick with its flour addition. Yes, yes. At the umbrella level there, we've got thickened sauces, and everything we've been talking about comprises a thickened sauce. Sometimes part of those thickened sauces have a jus, which is the liquid from the meat you're cooking yes (laughs) I think that makes sense what we're going to do now is talk a little bit about some particular sauces things that I've heard the name for but have not actually made or really experienced on a day-to-day basis obviously Gretchen being a chef and going culinary school has a total different appreciation for this. So we're going to find a middle ground here and we're going to talk through some of these common sauces. Then we're going to get into our tomato sauce eventually. I promise. Bear with us. (laughs) Basic preparations for sauces. If you're following along with the cookbook, this is page 43, where we're going to start off with the Brene's essence. This flavoring essence forms the basis of Brene's sauce and the many other sauces derived from it. So, a very common base sauce. It keeps very well in the refrigerator. I'll read the ingredients in a second, but what you do is put all of the ingredients in a large pan, bring to a simmer, allow the liquid to evaporate gently over low heat for about two hours. So, this is a slow and steady thing, or until reduced in volume by about three quarters. Strain and discard the solids. Beautiful, thin sauce, no solids in it. Store the liquid in an airtight container in the refrigerator. So this sauce is four cups of white wine vinegar, one and a half cups dry white wine, one pound, two ounces of onions chopped, 13 shallots chopped, one large handful of tarragon chopped, and pepper. It's not 13 shallots. Sorry, 13 ounces of shallots. Thank you still a fuck ton a of shallots of sauce. <laughs> it's a lot of onions and shallots for me i would be like i don't know if this is my bag but also it could be delicious on a fish or on vegetables or whatever sometimes you need all that sweetie sweetness of the onion and shallot and stuff
0: i've never heard of this before this was what? like this is not actually a thing that i have ever heard of what tell me more There is a term for a preparation that I can't remember the name of it right now, where you put your shallots, so it's a shallots and peppercorns, and you just saute those lightly, then you add wine or vinegar or something along that line to the shallots, and peppercorns, and then let that cook out until it's almost dry. And there's a name for this, and I cannot remember what it is for the life of me. It is driving me nuts. I'll remember it in like three weeks.
1: Yeah, it'll explode out of you all of a sudden randomly. (laughs) Right. So
0: this just seems like a huge batch of that with white wine included and then straight onions as well. The inclusion of tarragon in the first part versus just adding it at the end, which is how I've mostly made Bernays sauce is adding the tarragon in at the end of cooking. So this is so not what I was thinking of what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit of something, not two cups worth of this huge preparation.
1: Four cups of vinegar. This is a serious sauce, but it does reduce by three quarters. So you do only end up with like a cup or something. Two cups. Preparation time, 20 minutes, Jenny. (laughs) Really, Jenny. I mean, maybe prep time, 20 minutes. But cooking time, oh, she says two hours. That's fair. Okay, two hours.
0: Yeah, the cooking time is two hours. So she does give you, that's a reasonable thing because you're not going to have to spend a lot of time chopping your onions super fine. Plus a pound sounds like a lot, but it's really two to three onions is a pound. So sure, it's sure. not outrageous mm-hmm. and you're just looking for a rough chop. So it's not going to, you're not having to slice them or make them very neat or anything like that. So I, I can buy a 10 minute time period of being able to get this on the oven.
1: Yeah. It's very few ingredients. It's super quick. Surprise to Gretchen, but makes sense with the shallots and the onions and the vinegar and wine as kind of a pretty common base for a lot of sauces that we see now in the world yes so we're gonna move on to a mirepoix which many people again have probably seen and maybe a lot of you understand but maybe some of you don't so i'm here for the some of you who don't and that is (laughs) and i'm here to point out what why
0: (laughs) a lot of chefs would argue about what mirepoix is when we're done doing this
1: oh i love it i love the double layer okay a mirepoix is according to jeanette three and a half tablespoons butter three and a half ounces carrots diced one teaspoon diced shallot, one three-quarter ounces onion diced, three and a half ounces lean raw hail diced, (laughs) one handful of thyme finely chopped, one handful of flat leaf parsley finely chopped, one bay leaf. Prep time 15 minutes, cook time five minutes, makes nine ounces or six servings. What you're doing with this, with those ingredients is, Melt the butter in a skillet over medium heat, and pan-fry the vegetables and ham gently for about ten minutes, or until softened. Remove from the heat and stir in the herbs used to add flavor to a wide range of sauces. I didn't know ham was in mirepoix as its like original iteration. No,
0: that's why I was gonna say I don't think you would find a chef out there today
1: that would say ham is a basic part of mirepoix it's like just onions carrots celery now kind of right right shallot yeah that's fine it's an onion relative
0: sure Sure, you want to layer your onions I'm all for that Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: yeah carrots onion celery is your mirepoix you would have a lot of people arguing with you on like is this a mirepoix like it is Mm -hmm. but what
1: about all the people that don't eat ham well, I have to ask though, if she's writing down classic French recipes and we know Mirepoix as a French recipe, is this an original version and what we know now is very edited down? Well shit, Becca, I don't know the answer to that. And that right? occurred to me. Questions, questions, questions. Let's move on before we have to answer anything. Yeah. She talks about Fish glaze, meat glaze, meat, jelly, or aspic. I'm not going to ask about what that is because I don't want to know about that meat stuff. <laughs> there's mushroom stocks, There's fish stocks, There's roast meat jus, which we talked about. And then there is something called the poor man sauce, which Gretchen and I both honed in on the first time we did a pass through this book. The poor man sauce or sauce sans corps gras hovres I, that's po,
0: like yes
1: it's a weird rome. word
0: rome. yeah pour is a weird word in french <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay thank you so poor man's sauce sauces three shallots we love the shallots in the sauce section it is just shallot heavy here three shallots chopped one large handful of flat leaf parsley chopped one bouquet garni. I will ask Gretchen about that in a second. Generous two cups pork or game stock. One tablespoon white wine vinegar or lemon juice. And salt and pepper. Prep time five minutes. Cook time five minutes. Makes a generous two cups. Gretchen, what's bouquet garni? <laughs> there are a
0: couple of different definitions.
1: Our friend jeanette
0: here she likes the definition of a it's a bundle of different herbs usually of the thyme rosemary woody stem variety maybe some stems of parsley bundled together and dangled into your stock or whatever that you're putting together to flavor it but there's also an another definition for it that includes the same herbs, but then you're also wrapping in your celery and carrots together with maybe some leeks and your herbs and using that as a bouquet garni. I'm
1: picturing Bridget Jones when she's <laughs> trying to make that sauce for her, or that soup for her birthday dinner, and she yeah. wraps up the leeks in the blue. Yeah, okay. She's yeah, maybe trying string. to make like a
0: bouquet garni. She is okay. making a bouquet garni. yes. I don't, I don't remember Not if it. that's what they okay, called good. it, but no, I don't think they, I, don't, I think they didn't mention it, but that's what I'm picturing. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it.
1: <laughs> Our recipe source is page 57 of France, the cookbook. We have talked about roux. Our tomato sauce uses a blonde roux, which we also did mention, but let's dig into what a blonde roux is. This is three and a quarter tablespoons butter. One half cup flour, a generous two cups stock or water, and salt and white pepper. If you were a longtime listener, you know Gretchen thinks white pepper is bullshit, but we think in this case it's probably for the color. This is prep time 10 minutes. We'll see. Cooking time 20 minutes, and it makes generous two cups. Melt that butter in a heavy pan over moderate heat. When it is hot, on the point of smoking, add the flour and cook. Stirring with a wooden spoon, always a wooden spoon, until the roux is pale brown in color and still sandy in texture. Take the roux off the heat and gradually add the stock or water, stirring constantly to avoid lumps. Return to the heat and slowly bring to a boil, stirring all the time with your wooden spoon. Once boiling, Reduce the heat to a simmer and cook gently for two minutes to cook out the taste of flour. Season to taste with salt and white pepper. (laughs) I like the dig. It just just tastes like poo-poo to me. I'm sorry. (sighs) (sighs) Okay, so Gretchen, now that we know what a blonde roux is, as that is a component of our tomato sauce, can you tell me what are the ingredients in our tomato sauce? And I'm gonna think about it as it compares to Marcella's tomato sauce.
0: Okay, but let's stop because I feel like did we kind of skip over what roux is? No, we or read it really? in
1: the sauces section. Okay, good. Because I just yeah. wanted to
0: make clear that while we are our blonde when we refer to the blonde roux we're doing today, while she is calling this blonde roux the sauce. The blonde roux that we're talking about is the just the fat and flour component
1: yeah just our just butter and flour for us
0: yes correct and then okay yeah our tomato sauce ingredients today include one pound 10 ounces of tomatoes we are actually using a canned tomato puree today because that cut off a few steps for us the original recipe had those that one pound 10 ounces as quartered then four tablespoons of butter one quarter cup of flour half a cup of vegetable stock one carrot diced one onion diced one sprig of parsley chopped one sprig of thyme chopped one bay leaf and salt and pepper put tomatoes in a pan with no oil or butter and cook for five minutes over moderate heat stirring from time to time Make a puree by pushing them through a strainer. Prepare a blonde roux with two heaping tablespoons of butter and flour. Stir in the strained tomato pulp, add the stock, carrot, onion, parsley, thyme, bay leaf, salt, and pepper, and let simmer for 30 minutes. Just before serving, stir in the remaining two tablespoons
1: of butter. Pretty similar to Marcella. Got the same amount of tomatoes, basically the same amount of butter, a little bit of a different prep method. Like Gretchen said, we are we skipped that whole courting your fresh tomatoes and cooking them and then pureeing them. And we just bought pureed tomatoes because, you know, we took that editor to heart when she said modify some <laughs>
0: Also, it's fucking winter. Garbage tomatoes right now. No point in actually using fresh tomatoes at
1: this time of year. Exactly. When we get into the kitchen, what are our steps then, now that we know all the ingredients?
0: Starting with our butter in the pan, we're going to melt that and heat it to the point of smoking. Then we are gonna sprinkle in our flour and stir that vigorously with a wooden spoon, as we keep hearing in this book. Cook until it's just kind of golden brown colors. At that point, we are gonna add our tomatoes and our we're using our canned tomatoes. At the same time, we'll put in our stock, carrot, onion, parsley, thyme, bay leaf, salt, and pepper. Everything goes in all at once. And then we cook for 30 minutes and
1: Monte Auber before serving. We time travel. Let me tell you how delicious it is. Yes, exactly. Into the kitchen we go, where we are going to start off with our blonde roux. Like you said, heating our two tablespoons of butter and then adding our flour. So we're in the kitchen and we're going to start heating up our butter. Yep. Blonde roux, here we go.
0: Yes. Have, we've not really done. Well, we did the pat didn't we? Which is yeah vaguely related <laughs> butter and flour butter situation yeah. on the stove.
1: Oh, so we haven't really made a roux. Otherwise, we did do flour into something that we, maybe the pot pie. Oh yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that
0: was a lightly roux. Yeah, I think that was we put the flour
1: onto the veggies, didn't we? Yeah, it was like a mirepoix, haha. ha yeah. using the words we know today. The mirepoix that we added flour to before we put in the the stock. I wonder, what's the deal with the wooden spoon? Fanny Farmer always said wooden spoon, and Marcella mentioned wooden spoon sometimes. What's going on with the wooden spoon? Fanny Farmer
0: in particular, you wouldn't know what kind of metal your spoons were made out of. Wooden spoons have always been around so like
1: the <laughs> most consistent cooking tool or something
0: right because she'd also be writing before like the modern age of all the silicone and all the new utensils The writing before plastic would be a thing
1: because mm-hmm.
0: when did plastic really become a thing like 50s 1960s something like that i mean i'm guessing but I think it just comes down to the metal and not knowing if your metal utensils are safe to put in your food,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or, to, or you know, at least to apply heat to. I'm getting distracted because my butter is okay. Should we go with the flour? Yeah, mine okay, looks really it. ready, Okay. so sorry. I'm gonna go.
1: So sprinkling, stirring constantly, sizzling noises, stirring noises. Okay, well, I did
0: not so much sprinkle, but that's okay. <laughs> I know.
1: I sprinkled, like, at first, and then it was a big clump. <laughs> it just
0: fell out of the cu- measuring cup. Yeah, I pressed it in too hard. <laughs> yeah. I do love that smell, though, that butter oh, and butter. flour <clears throat> cooking smell.
1: So oh, good. And then we go with a puree pretty quickly, right?
0: Yeah, so, I mean,
1: mm, mine's a little light. So, a Blonde roux still has a teeny bit of toastiness to it.
0: Yeah, you want some toastiness, but not not browning. Uh huh. That makes any sense. No crispiness.
1: Toastiness, but no crispiness.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm kind of thinking that I might be there. I've got some parts that are going a little darker. Okay, you're gonna go. I'm gonna go with my tomatoes. Yeah, and everything else because yeah, it's all at the same time. Okay, I'm gonna rinse my container with my. Veggie stock here. Yeah. Get all of my tomatoey goodness.
1: Mm-hmm. Going in with my carrots.
0: I needed a bigger pot. Oh, no. It's um, okay.
1: It fit barely. barely, barely. <laughs> I know you were like small, and I was like, small I'm scared. It's a two-quart pot. And it'll reduce. Yeah.
0: i got a lot of veggie in here.
1: I might add a little bit more tomato. How dare you. I know. It's just so thick. I don't love super thick. Do we strain this or no? No.
0: Oh, then I probably should chop my veggies up finer. Oops. I'm Salt and pepper it. now? Yes. i you need to put a lid on it.
1: No lid, right? I there might put a there?
0: lid on mine.
1: Yeah, just because there's not a lot of liquid.
0: Right, yeah. It's very splattery, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> it's like... Mm-hmm. I guess we'll time travel and we will see our gluttoniers. In, in 30 the minutes? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Into the future we go. It is the we future. Are future people. It is future <laughs> Becca and future Gretchen. And we have thoughts about tomato sauce. Gretchen, <laughs> tell me your thoughts.
0: I wanted to draw an immediate comparison to Marcella's because it was less sweet. It was a little more savory, whereas this French one, with that inclusion of carrot, had a real definite sweetness to it. But I think if you caramelized the carrots a little bit, it wouldn't be quite as sweet-sweet. I, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. <laughs> quite as sweet-sweet. Yeah, well said. But I did think that the it, as far as the texture of the sauce goes, it was more rich. And from that inclusion of the roux. And it uh, was very nice on some linguine. I really enjoyed it. We ate a lot of it. We ate it again, I forget on what kind of pasta, but it was very good, even a couple days later.
1: I agree, I'm with you on that right up front comparison against Marcella, definitely sweeter. I also appreciated the fresh herbs though, that I hel- helped balance that a lot for me. I loved that time that was in there because mm-hmm. that's one thing that Marcella doesn't have at all is any of that kind of like freshness. I mean, the the tomatoes and onions work and in the end, as feeling kind of fresher, I guess. But like, yeah, there wasn't that pop of herb, I guess, in Marcella. But yeah, few more steps than Marcella. For me, I prefer Marcella's lack of any sort of cut onion in the <laughs> final product, you know?
0: Yeah, yes, uh,
1: yes. I don't know if I got my measurements wrong, but I ended up adding, like, double the amount of tomato puree. It was very, very thick for me right away. Oh. And so I ended up putting, yeah, I think almost double the amount. I had bought a kind of large jar of the of puree tomatoes. I didn't know if maybe I overdid it on the roux. That made it too thick. Or what but for me it still ended up being really thick but we had it with gnocchi so it's kind of perfect that texture was like beautiful with the gnocchi actually or that 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 thickness I guess I should say but um I loved it I don't know like I don't know if like it would be my go-to weeknight over Marcella just because of the the Marcella one is like four steps they're yeah. super easy you're done you move on you know but if I wanted something like if people were coming over or I just wanted something a little bit more Different. fun I guess yeah. you could say like I would do this again for sure but I I mean I loved it a hundred percent I would absolutely recommend it and suggest it and I thought it was really easy and yeah it just had a little bit more complexity to it than I was expecting
0: Compared to the absolute bare bones simplicity of Marcella, I think this is also another good introduction into this book is that it's going to be a little bit more complicated than Marcella.
1: I think you're right. Or there's going to be a different intention with these recipes than Marcella had. And yeah, we're just starting. It's going to be so fun to continue discovering Jenny's recipes but we knew Marcella to be pretty straightforward to be trying to capture the essence of Italian food and sort of distill down those recipes to be like translatable to use her language terminologies. (laughs) Jenny, Jeanette's approach is from the start more intentional to be prepared for six people so more of an occasion behind it than just here's how to make a classic recipe
0: Mm -hmm. yes exactly
1: yeah it's so exciting I'm so excited and then obviously we're digging into this on the Patreon like in way more detail than you'll ever even imagine is possible (laughs) friends because we edit ourselves for (laughs) for this so we'll see what happens on the Patreon. Woo! <laughs>
0: you can pay to hear us talk at length.
1: <laughs> Even more gibberish. <laughs> Give us money for for silly
0: for for silly gibberish <laughs> about food. Yes, thank you. That's
1: what we're here for. That's us. Yep. <laughs> Whoa! I'm pumped though. Here we go. Here we and go. That's our awesome lady chef that we are
0: journeying with. I guess uh, that wraps everything up. For this episode, anyway, this episode. Yeah. yeah, that's it. We're done. Okay. Our future, future lives call. Like us on Instagram and Facebook, and check out the website. There's stuff there. Some yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: Gretchen's been working on it.
0: Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by the time this come out, it'll be up to date. Maybe. Yay! Yay. <laughs> we shall see. We never know. (laughs) Oof. All right, off we go. Off we go.